<clears throat> what's up guys welcome to the lazy boy qbs podcast um i'm your host as always chad larson and who better to be joined with on this fine wednesday afternoon than my boy the one the only the legend himself jonathan miami dolphins writer Yes, Chad. People. Hello. That's right. Eight and four. (laughs) And all of y'all that kept predicting Miami to win five games. You Jets fans that kept saying Miami was going to win four games. Here we are. Coach Flores. The Miami Dolphins. Tua Tonga Vailoa. We hustling, baby. We hustling. I tell you, man. The uh, there was a lot of buzz about how the 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 Browns are clinching their first uh, non losing season in a couple years. I don't feel like it was a big enough story that uh, that you guys you know got that eighth win as well. Y'all clinched at least five hundred. I mean, I'm sure you guys are gonna win another game or two, but you guys clinched five hundred at least this year. All right. So first off, shout out three hundred five. Seven eight six seven five seven. Yeah, Chad, don't forget. Never can't, forget. Can't forget that man. Never, never, never ever. Can't forget that. Never ever. But That's... no, uh, you're right. You, you, you're right. Uh, but the thing is, it's Miami, right? It's not. It's not sexy in the in the sports world. Which is well, okay. Calm down. In the football, in the NFL world, it's not sexy because it's in the NBA. It's usually one of the centers. College sports, I would say, one of the centers. But yeah, for some reason, the Dolphins just kind of get swept under the rug. When it comes to NFL talk. And I just want to let you know, I don't know if we're going to win a game in December. And I was saving that song all year. So (laughs) (laughs) he had to come out today. Nah, but but since we're on on Miami, let's just go ahead and dive into into their game against... against the uh Bengals they won 19 yeah. to 7 what what um you told me you wanted to say something about it go ahead tell tell us tell us what share your thoughts i don't i don't i reserve the word bitch ass to some very like particular people but you know what mike thomas wide receiver slash gunner you're a bitch ass all right elaborate to, do, so uh, the Bengals punted in i think the third of the fourth quarter and like Jakeem Grant, right? He's our, our returner. He's five seven, about one hundred and seventy five pounds. That's soaking wet. One hundred seventy five, by the way. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I think he's more like one sixty seven. But yep. you know, like uh, Thomas goes high on him, right? Like literally, like crown of the helmet, like just take his head out. Mm-hmm. Okay, he gets flagged. Miami was a little pissed off. Okay. So there's another punt, punt, Chad. Do you know what Mike Thomas does? He says, fuck it. <laughs> he, he blasted Jakeem Grant before the ball was even near Jakeem Grant. God. Blasted him. And that's what uh, started the, 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 the fight, right? Brian Flores charged, charged the Bengals sideline. Nice. Charged. Nice. That's what a leader yeah. should do. That's why he's that's one right. of the best. That's why he's one that's of the best. That's right. Man, he stood up for his players. Devontae Parker got in, and Matt Collins, also our wide receiver slash gunner, they both got ejected. Xavier Howard got ejected in the, in the first half. Uh, Miami definitely had a few ejections. Um, but one of the Bengals players, number 36, I forget his name, he didn't get ejected, but he did get suspended for next game. This dude, I forget his name is Williams, literally looked at Solomon Kinley, our uh, right guard, Looked at him while Solomon Kinley was on the ground. Literally stepped on his freaking leg, like on his calf, Ooh. on purpose. Ooh. And looked at him and just walked away like it's nothing. Man. But that's okay. Plenty of people caught that shit. You know what, Zach Taylor? Go tell your players to be more freaking disciplined. That is some bush league shit. It doesn't belong in the NFL. I mean, it's hard for me to even to follow up off that. I mean, I- I'm going to just let that simmer for a little minute, let you kind of take a deep breath. But, okay, with that being said, let- let's talk Let's talk the positives, right? Let's talk about the game, okay? We, we talked about it before um, when we were off. But, yeah, um, we saw a game where Tua Tungavailoa, the quarterback, obviously, from Miami, um, much scrutinized, by the way, 
over the past uh, over this past first couple starts in the NFL. Um, had a really nice game, I think. 26 of 39, 296. The one touchdown pass to Gasecki. What did you see from Tua? Because, you know, let's be honest, that that is what, you know, when people are watching the Dolphins, if they're not a fan of the team, that's what they're tuning in for. They're tuning in to see what's Tua about, you know, what is he, can he really be that franchise quarterback that we think Joe Burrow and, and Justin Herbert are, you know, to kind of complete that that rookie QB class? Yeah, sure, Chad. That's a great question. And um, so first half was not very good, right? Yeah. Um, he was missing throws. I mean, he went for uh, 11 for 19. Um, he had another throw, which should have been an interception. It was just dropped. Uh, he was missing guys that were wide open. He had one uh, to Devontae Parker where he just overthrew Parker. Now, Grant, Jakeem didn't do him a favor. He threw a beautiful 50-yard teardrop mm. down in the middle of the field. Jakeem had a step on the defender, but Jakeem... Dolphins fan, like, stop trying to make him a receiver. He's a returner, returns, okay? He's a return specialist. Yep. Uh, but, you know, second half, like, Tua came out, you know, firing, right? We started running the no-huddle uh, offense, um, and, and he was just, you know, gashing the the the, the Cincinnati defense, uh, had that great throw to Mike Gusecki, and then, of course, that, you know, that one-handed catch, and, of course, a touchdown. He he made a throw with, with touch. Um, that's and we We talked about this, Chad. Yo, guys like Gaseki, like just throw the ball up. Don't try to make this perfect throw. Let Gaseki use his height and his yeah. ridiculous catch radius to go make a play. And, and and it worked out, right? So I'll be honest with you. Let's say that he did get that uh so Dolphins fans were really upset about this game, especially because of the first half. Uh-huh. T- and, and he did make some bad throws in the end zone. Uh he was throwing some bad fades, inaccurate fades, right? Um, probably not acceptable in a game against Kansas City's where we're, we're, we're kicking field goals instead right. of scoring touchdowns. Right. But had he had Jakeem Grant caught that pass, we're looking at a stat sheet of like close to 400 yards. So yeah. sh- calm down. The dude is he's okay. It, it's just it, I don't know. People want Dan Marino like right away. Just I guess Dan Marino <laughs> was really good when he was a rookie. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing is though. Um, I think Miami's defense, you know, from I'll be honest, I didn't I didn't watch uh, this game. I did watch the sure. highlights. I did watch the highlights, um, and then you know, kind of peruse the box score. But it looks like that Miami defense, which to be honest, you know, has been a really good unit from from or throughout the entire year, really took over in that second half. I mean, you know, um, Cincinnati Six. scored that scored that one touchdown in the first quarter, and then. Were held scoreless for three straight quarters. So yeah, and, and let me tell you about that touchdown, right? Um, and um, Joe Shad, reporter for the West, West Palm Beach uh, Post, and I'm sorry, the Palm Beach Post, he talked to just, uh, Justin Blackman or John Blackman. He's a Will Blackman. I'm sorry, the defensive back. Um, it was a 73 yard touchdown, right? Like, look, it was third and two. Uh, Miami played that zero coverage defense. Um, so it was a, a a quick route out route to the underneath receiver to the slot receiver the outside receiver blocked right the yep. problem is byron jones was expecting the brandon jones the safety to push the block to the outside and force the receiver to come to the inside so he can make the tackle well brandon jones didn't let uh so byron jones took the bad angle right he took the inside angle uh you know tyler Boyd caught the ball you know tyler boy is super fast yeah, he, he jumped for 73 yards. After that, you're right. Miami's defense didn't allow crap. Six sacks. Kyle Van Noy had three of them. Yeah, he Don't did. try. I, I get it. Brandon Allen was playing quarterback. Ryan Finley got in there at some point because he got his ass knocked out. So, uh, yeah, man, that defense can come after you. They can come after. Don't don't expect to sit there back, back there and just start throwing Miami's defense all day. Not going to happen. Yeah, and I mean that's that's kind of been the formula all year for Miami, right? Yep. Um Now let's let's kind of switch gears. Sorry, to a, guys. <laughs> no, no. Trust me, I I like the Dolphins talk because they're actually a relevant team this year, so I don't, I don't mind it at all. Let's kind of switch gears to a team who has no fucking clue what they're doing, um, and and no idea what type of team they are, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Yeah, man. Look. Uh... I did not watch the game, but I saw that J- that Carson Wentz got pulled. You yeah. know how I feel about Wentz. I think he's a super talented quarterback. Yep. Um, 
I, I don't believe in Jalen Hurts, but I heard he gave him a a a a, a little, you know. He, he, yeah, I was gonna say he definitely. Yeah, I was gonna say I watched it. He definitely came in, um, you know, threw a, a a very nice touchdown pass on a fourth and I believe it was fourth and eighteen um, mm-hmm. to Greg to Greg Ward Jr. Uh, only touchdown that Philly had in the whole game, but um, but yeah, he came in and provided a something just a different look. I think, and you can't underrate, especially you know in professional sports at all. You know, you game plan, game plan, game plan for for Wentz the whole week, um, and then Wentz come or and then Hertz comes in. Didn't didn't have you know the greatest um, performance overall as the numbers show five of twelve, um, hundred nine yards. Had that nice touchdown, like I said, but also had a had a huge interception as well. Um, but he was just providing something different for a short period of time while he was in there. All right, so his QBR of thirty four. Yeah, that yeah. That's rating the thing. of sixty seven. That's the thing. Like three Philly, sacks. Philly fans are calling it, and and for the record, Wentz is. You know, the whole reason we're doing this is because Wentz has now been, or Hertz has now been named the starter um, for this week um, against who? Who are they playing? This New week? Orleans. Yeah. At, okay. At New Orleans. Okay, so a game that Philly was going to lose no matter who they have under center. Um, they're going to be going with a rookie making his first career start. Um, I don't see. I, I'm I like got questions for you, Chad. I got questions for you. So y- I'm going to yeah. start off right because there's because there's a lot of different ways we can take this. Yeah. So my first question to you is: Is this the right move for Philadelphia? And is this throwing the towel on the season, or this is actually trying to seek a spark to actually try to do something in this NFC East? That's the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm honestly, I'm not sure. I, I think it's probably more the spark, but then it can easily be transitioned into, well, if they lose to, you know, I think this is like a, they give, they give Hurts this game. If he doesn't look good and then maybe give him one more and he really doesn't look good. Philly, like I said, Philly is probably going to lose in New Orleans this week, no matter who they have under center. Um, but, you know, just a, you know, just a wild card type of look to see if they can get something going. And when it doesn't work out, then they can easily transition it into, well, Wentz is, you know, the franchise investment. We need to protect him. He's been sacked 50 times already this year in 12 games, which leads the league by a mile um, yep. and is is atrocious. Um, I mean, hell, between him and Hurts, they were sacked seven times against Green Bay. I know Green Bay has a very nice front seven, but giving up seven sacks in any game is, is, is unacceptable. Um, but yeah, I think it could easily be spun one way or the other, but I think it's, they really are looking for him to come in and provide a spark for them to help win the NFC East. All right. This is my take, right, Chad? This is which what I, I which, think. Just for the record, I do not agree with. You, you don't agree with, right? Okay. Yeah. I do agree with, you know, this is what I think. If, if Philadelphia is smart, they understand that what kind of talent that they have in Carson Wentz. Like you said before in a previous show. Uh-huh. Carson Wentz almost won the MVP a few years ago. Yes, he did. Before he got injured. Yes, so he did. if I'm the GM, if I'm Doug Peterson, and that's another question, is Doug is Doug Peterson safe, right? But we'll, we'll save that for a little bit later. Sure. Shouldn't I shouldn't I just shut down Carson Wentz? You know, like the yeah. like I need to see what I have in Jalen Hurts. I spent the second round pick for him. Things are not going well because just the overall team is not that good. This guy is injury prone. Yes. He has a lot of talent. So might as well shut him down, right? And then I have this excuse of like, oh, I'm shutting him down. Not because I want to be competitive. It's not, no, I, I just want to give a team a spark, you know? I want I want to see what we got in Jalen Hurts. Yeah, no, and I, and I completely agree with that, especially with Wentz being injury prone. I think he's had uh, – I, I mean, he's been – he's missed uh, three straight years worth of playoff games. Well, I lied. The third year he was – he played in the game, but – Got, got knocked out. Yeah, by yeah. Jadavian Clowney. Um, yeah, so I, I completely agree with you from the standpoint that, you know, this is their – they can use this as their way of saying that they're protecting their investment. Um, and also I think another thing it might do is keeps Wentz healthy in the off-crazy chance that they do decide to maybe explore moving on from him in the offseason. Um, you know, it allows you to at least trade a quarterback who is healthy – and bad versus a quarterback who is playing bad who's hurt which is which would be even more impossible um and i think really 
You really think they would trade? They would consider trading Carson Wentz? If there is a team who was able or who, well, first off, let me just say I don't think the GM Howie Roseman is is anything to write home about. So I wouldn't be surprised by any move that he makes. Mm-hmm. Um, or and I'm not going to say he's been bad the entire time because I, I mean I have to salute him. He put together a Super Bowl winning roster, and that was you know the one of the most talented teams of this of this past decade. I would say. Mm -hmm. um that philly team was but since then it's just kind of been a downward spiral and and too many people are putting the blame all on wentz and i don't think it's all wentz you know like we talk about bringing jalen hurts and putting jalen hurts in is not going to mask the bad offensive line it's not going to mask the fact that you have receivers that can't separate it's not going to mask the fact that you have a secondary that i don't know if they could guard a grave much less guard nfl receivers so it's just their 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 problems are so all over the field that making the change at quarterback is not what's going to create immediate results for you. Yeah, no, I I I agree with you, right? And unless you know Jalen Hurts is the next Patrick Mahomes, which uh, because I don't, which he I don't think he is. And by the way, Patrick Mahomes also always had a nice supporting cast around them, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. It, it's. Does this team can't like you said can't protect, can't cover, can't catch, and they uh, and, and it's prone, and it's not like they have a great offensive mind that's um you know masking all of that. You know, even like you said with Mahomes, or really even before in Philly. I mean, they didn't they had a nice group of receivers, but when they had Frank Reich there and he was able to do what he does, which apparently he must just be one of the greatest offensive minds in, in the NFL because he made that team look dynamic on offense and i know they've lost some of the guys since but he he that offense is unrecognizable since he left that organization no doubt all right i got a question for you chad yeah here i am i'm the new york jets i know i have the number one pick but i also have two first round picks yes you do Do you do i consider flipping it for once both first round picks or just you're saying the number one pick or the like what? What? What would be the actual trade? I I think Philly would want the number one overall pick, um, and probably, probably the other first round pick, and they'll probably call it a day. I think that's a nice haul for a guy like Wentz, the I, number one overall pick. Like the Philadelphia Eagles could literally get Lawrence. Yeah, no, I, yeah, for Philly, I think that. I think, obviously, I think that's an excellent trade for Philly, right? And the thing Uh is, when it's an excellent trade for... It's very rare that it can be an excellent trade for both teams. So you don't Um, think it's an excellent trade for a team like the New York Jets? I I don't, because I think the Jets are a team that's so far away that they Mm -hmm. want their time time clock to start ticking as late as possible. You know, they they want a guy who could is able to develop and grow along with the rest of the roster i know but Wentz by no means is is old i think he's 27 maybe um and and the way the nfl quarterback is is they're playing longer and longer it seems every year so he could easily play you know maybe another decade or so i know he's been beat up like we talked about with injuries you know a lot so that could play a factor but you know for the for the next better part of the next decade you would assume or back that he's going to be on some type of team or at least be able to compete at that level. Um, Maybe rejoin his offensive coordinator in Indianapolis. That's to me. That's the move. If if the move that makes the most sense for Wentz as a player, to me, because like you said, Frank Reich. I talked about it almost any time we've talked about Philly. The Frank Reich move, you know, letting him go and letting him go to Indianapolis was probably the worst thing that they've done. You know, and I get it. You know, eventually the coordinators all want. You know, Frank Reich realized he was one of the best at what he was doing and realized he needed to go be a head coach somewhere. But, you know, I, that would that is bigger than any roster move to me that Philly has made over the past couple years. Yeah, but I'll, I'll tell you this, Chad. Uh, there's a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks this year. And we, yes, we already talked about this. Yeah. Uh, or, or for the upcoming year. Um, if, if it's a time to move, I think th- this off season is going to be the off season for you to make a change. Um, because there's a lot of teams kind of wanting to start fresh. But do you and, think, mm-hmm. uh, do you think a team is, is really, I think Wentz is owed what 60 million over the next two years, which 
I'll it's be honest. Bad. I was gonna say it's, it's not. not a, it, it's not a bad number, but coming off the year, if he is done or whatever, if he is mm-hmm. shut down for the year, let's just live under that premise. Coming off the year that he had, do you think a team is really going to be inclined to trade for a thirty million dollar bill that yes. you know that you know you have to pay for the next? Like the next two years is pretty much fully guaranteed. Like you have to eat it for the next two years, no matter what. If I if I'm that team that I'm stuck drafting between like fifteen and twenty, yeah, right, like like your Minnesota Vikings kind of team, right. But the thing is, Minnesota Vikings. I'm just saying that type of team, right. I mean, it's I think hard you to can... move on from Kirk Cousins. Yeah. It's like, hey, if I'm not in love with any of these quarterbacks coming out the back end, right. If I'm mm-hmm. not in love with God, I'm not Zach even sure. Wilson. Zach Wilson, uh, Kyle Trask, uh, Trey Lance, which Mac- we don't even know if he's gonna he's gonna last in, in, in the top out of the top five or top yeah, ten. Yeah, I was gonna say to me when we're talking about Lance, we have to kind of mm-hmm. assume that he's gonna be in the top ten. If nothing else, someone will kind of move into that right. top ten to get him. Or, or Mac Wilson, like you said. If I'm just kind of sitting Mac- there, Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, why not? Right? Like, I, if I have, you know, I was like, hey. You know, I, I have a mediocre kind of quarterback, and yeah. I think Carson Wentz can elevate a team like the Broncos. I would even say, it's like, oh, I'm kind of tired of Drew Locke. Yeah, can I get yeah. Carson Wentz? Yeah, you know, I, th- I so- think a, a hilarious scenario would be, and I just kind of thought about this when you said Minnesota, because yeah. another team in that division that could is in dire need of quarterback play is the Chicago Bears. Yeah. That, so, that's you know absolutely why not yeah like you i mean like we talk about every every i feel like we talk about it almost every week there are a laundry list of teams that are going to be in play for some type of quarterback help come this offseason and not so, everybody's going to be able to draft one yeah yeah i was going to say you, there may be four guys i mean there are four to five guys that people are going to be you know really excited about drafting but it's like of the other, you know, maybe seven or eight teams that are going to need a quarterback, you know, where are they turning to? Exactly. So, yeah, I, I agree that I think Wentz could be – if you're Philly, do like, just straight up, would you move Wentz? Because I wouldn't if I'm them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. However, if for some reason, Jalen, you, you think you have something in Jalen Hurts? Mm-hmm. Or you feel like you can acquire the draft capital to get get the guy in the next draft by True. trading Wentz? True. Then you gotta consider, right? Like maybe they'll in their evaluation they'll fall in love with a guy like Kyle Trask, right? And yeah. then they have to consider, like, hey, with by moving Wentz, right? Can I get the draft capital to go get the guy that I want to go get? Yeah, I mean, heck, Trey Lance maybe even another North Dakota State guy, so have a good relationship with with that i i guess um but but yeah i I just to me if i'm them i would i'm not in a rush to trade wentz but if you get that type of haul like if you get that haul from the jets i'm doing it pretty much automatically if you have a chance to get the one or two picks then i'm doing that because then that allows you to tear down your roster and rebuild your roster from the quarterback out yeah, look, a very interesting what's going to happen with that number three pick in the draft, right? Especially yeah. if Lawrence and Fields go one and two. Yeah. Do Which, you want to get the next guy, or do you want to try to maybe go get a Carson Wentz? Yeah, and that to me, that's the pick that could really be in play is because I don't think, I mean, teams are falling in love with Fields and Lawrence and, and have been for the better part of two years. But, yeah, once you start getting to that second tier of quarterback guys, like you said, Lance, uh Zach Wilson, those type of guys. Kyle Trask, who I think we both think could probably end up being the third best quarterback of that group. Yep. Um, um, yeah, it's like it's it's basically where does the team evaluate those guys compared to the quarter or compared to how do they evaluate Carson Wentz, right? Yep. So that, that that'll be a fascinating a fascinating subplot that could kind of play out throughout the year. Um, one thing I did want to get back to though, yeah, that that you had said a, a minute ago, I think the Doug Peterson experience. Mm. Where do you see? Is he long for Philly, or what are you thinking? Man, I've been. I think I've been saying this all year long, right? Yeah. I think I was. I, I'm pretty sure that I've been telling people this since like week four or five. I think he's done. Just move on. What What, yeah. what are you trying to regain here? 
Right. And, and the thing is, I don't think that the team, the team has clearly shown that they don't have the spark anymore, you know, with him at the helm. Um, and yeah, I completely agree with you. I think a, a move on and a fresh start, which even more emphasizes maybe the ability to move on from Wentz and kind of clean start, you know, the whole thing as far as head coach, quarterback and, and everything above. Yeah, no doubt. And I, don't be surprised, Chad, if they move on from one of those big contracts in their front seven. Oh, they they need to. I mean, they're well in the hole for next year's salary. Um, I think they're off the top of my head. I want to say they have the second worst salary cap situation going in and the second or third worst. It's like them. I think New Orleans and Atlanta are the kind of the three worst teams as far as salary cap going into next season. Yeah, and, and that's just it, it. It's not good. I'm I'm pulling up with my producer over here, but my producer is <laughs> a little bit slow. <laughs> no, it, it, but yeah, like that's the thing. Because then Wentz allows you, Wentz allows you to move on from money that you clearly need to move on from, and then it allows you to kind of show what direction you're going in as a franchise. Right? It allows you because when you have that, then it's like okay, well then. You know, why are we keeping the Fletcher Cox? Why do we have, I know they just signed Darius Slay and traded for him, but, you know, why are we keeping those type of guys if we're clearly rebuilding as a franchise? So I think that just helps accelerate that process. Yeah, so 65 in the negative right now for 2021. Yeah, yeah which is, I mean, that's Wentz. Worst. That's, that's Wentz. Second, second worst. New Orleans is the worst, right? Yes. They're like By 80. Far. Yeah, they're like 90, 80. 93. Yeah, but a lot of their stuff... But but the thing is, the way New Orleans did it, I think they made all their stuff so that they knew, like, this year is going to be their last year of yes. really contending, and then next year they'll just kind of trade guys off as they need to. Yeah, because it, it, I don't think Drew Brees is coming back, so... Yeah, because I was going to say... That's Drew part of the is like, as well. I was going to say, Drew is a number, like, around 25. So, yeah, that, that's, that, that begins to shed money. Um... Anything else you want to say about the Eagles kind of before we move on from them? No, it's it's just a it's a really rough demise and uh but it, all I'm going to say is stop thinking with your 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 fucking like this this heat of the moment, right? Yeah. Um watch the game. Carson Wentz is a heck of a quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um let's move on to a t- a team that Another team that really has no identity, the team that we were talking about them possibly trading with, and that's the New York Jets. And, you know, they're, they're, they're 20 seconds away from getting their first win of the season and everyone, <laughs> and everyone feeling good. And then Greg Williams does what Greg Williams does. They send the house. Um, <laughs> and next thing you know, they're walking out of there 0-12. Um, the very next day, Greg Williams was notified that he's fired. But somehow, Adam Gase still has the job. And I, How I does this happen, Chad? No, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. They have made a clear and conscious strategy to keep Adam Gase there the entire season because he's what gives. He's their best asset right now because Adam Gase is what rep- is the walking form of the number one pick right now. Because there's no, because he's just incapable of leading a team to success. So he alone is is kind of single handedly putting them in position to get that number one pick. So I got I got a few things to say, right, Chad? Yeah, yeah. The victory <laughs> lap on Ad, on Adam Gase, I know, is coming. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, I think Greg Williams didn't know that Derek Carr listens listens to the Lazy Boy QB's podcast, and he's been throwing the ball. Yeah, deep, I know. You know? I know. Uh, you know, like, hey, you know, Greg, maybe you should listen to us as well. We would have told you <laughs> not to blitz. Even though it's Henry Ruggs and he's a rookie, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was that kid from Virginia. Or, defending? Uh, defending uh, Bryce Hall. Or it was a kid named Lamar Jackson, another Lamar Jackson. They're mm. both rookies. Um, dude. How do you go one on one on a blitz yeah. against Henry Ruggs? Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you don't have a, it's but like it, it wouldn't be defensible in this situation. But more defensible if you have a number one corner or a guy who you know is going to go step for step with him the whole way. But like you said, they're relying on a couple rookie guys who no one's heard of. I mean, one of them's not even the best at his own name. Um, 
you know, to to, to <laughs> I just got that <laughs> to, to, to make that play. It, it, I mean, that's when it comes all down to knowing your personnel, which is something that you know coaches but, coaches don't do. But Chad, if they're really trying to like secure that number one pick, right? Wouldn't yeah. they beat Greg Williams so this can happen again? So hear me out. Hear me out. No, I'm with you. Do you think Gase is going to survive? Like, what do you mean? Like, is he going to be the coach through the end of the season? And next year? No, 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 no. I think he's... Then he's... why would you just fire the office, the, the defensive coordinator? I would have just kept the defensive coordinator. The same guy that's going to call blitzes when blitzes are not supposed to be called. I do, but I think then this give, gives Gase, like... It's like um, it's like it's the, like that spark that the Houston and Detroit got and win a game after their coach gets fired. They're too scared to do that. Shit. Well, the thing is, the Jets have made themselves so bad that even with a win, they still put themselves in pole position to get that number one pick. As hard as Jacksonville's trying, the Jets are still uh, and they're trying. <laughs> no, trust me, trust me, they are. They're start. They're wheeling out Mike Glennon at quarterback. It doesn't get. It doesn't get much more obvious than that, other than while, having Adam Gase on the sideline. While while Minshew has Minshew has come out and said that he's begging the team to get back in there. <laughs> I'm not uh, sure if you read the article. He's begging the team. Now nah, they're just they telling them. Him. They're just telling them make sure that thumb is all nice and good when you're when you're giving a, a high five to uh, to John Gruden next year on Oakland. <laughs> I know you floated that one. You floated that one around enough that I'm actually starting to believe it. So um, there you go. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but I mean, the the thing with the thing with why you fire Williams is because then when the Jets lose their next four games and it's no better than the first twelve were, then there's no like Gase has nowhere, no one else to hide behind at that point. He does. He, he's just gonna throw out the players that don't execute for him. Yeah, but then at that point, it's like. The NFL isn't a play or isn't a coach's league. You know, it's a players driven league. The player all professional sports really it's 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 driven by the players. Um and 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 so then the players are just going to be like, "Nah, that ain't." And and plus, it's a lot easier to move on from one head coach than it is to move on from 53 position players. Well, he moved on from a few guys already. Um in, in New York, he still keeps yeah. his job. So th- this is what the only thing that kills me is this, Chad. Why yeah. not? Why haven't they just fired him yet? We got a bunch of guys getting fired left and right. I right? Don't, I, Houston, I ju- Detroit. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, I I feel like even if they get another head coach, they're still gonna lose. I genuinely do think though that it is the they just want to make sure that they're going 0-16 okay. to make sure that they can get the Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so I, I, does does Adam Gase remain in the NFL after this season? Fuck, I mean, it's definitely not going to be as a head coach, right? I mean, if he gets another head coaching position, yeah, no, the yeah, whole system no. is rigged. It's yeah, all rigged. Now there should be an investigation or something if he gets a head coaching job after this. But the thing is, though, I look at it and it's like he was never even really, you know. I know he's the quarterback guru. Um, but, but what is he like, what in any track record has he shown that he can be an effective coach at even a position coach standpoint? Nothing. Yeah. So he worked with Peyton Manning. And then I, I, I saw this tweet there. Like, was it somebody asked Peyton Manning, Hey, what'd you think about Adam Gates? And he's like, who? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. When you're the quarterback, that's like me saying that I'm Steph Curry's shooting coach right now. You know what I mean? Seth is going to be like, whoo! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, it's not like he was working with Peyton while he was early in his career in Indy. He was working with him in Denver when when he had already forgotten more stuff about football than Adam Gase knew. So, yeah, I mean, it, I'm sure, pretty sure Peyton Manning was probably calling his own calls out there. Absolutely. And, and Gase was like, yeah, I think that's a good idea, Peyton. Yeah, Go absolutely. out there. I mean, that was part of the whole deal that got him to Denver was John Elway promised him that they could run whatever offense Peyton wanted to run. And so when Gase comes in, you know Peyton's looking at him. Who the fuck are you? You know I've got I've got some experience. I've got some Super Bowls and all this stuff. Gase doesn't so, have shit. So there's one thing that that Dolphins fans were hanging on yeah. is that Jay Cutler had his best season of his career under Adam Gase as the offensive coordinator when he was in Chicago. I mean, <laughs> like if that's if that's the level you have to go to 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 validate a guy as a coordinator, like okay. 
<laughs> you know, at that point, what are, what are we really talking about? What are we really saying at that point? I'm so. done with the Jets, man. I don't know if you want to keep talking about no, them. No, absolutely not, man. I tell you what we are going to do, though. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I promise you, we're going to talk about some good NFL teams. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Lazy Boy QBs podcast. Um, as I promised you guys on the other side of the segment, or of the episode, I said we're going to talk about some good teams. Um, we'll start off with a team that we kind of differ on. I think Jonathan's a little higher on them than me, or maybe just a little more scared of them than me. Um, and that's going to be the New England Patriots, the 6-6 six and six New England Patriots, which... I'll be honest, five weeks ago, if you'd have told me they were going to be 6-6, six and six, I would have said you're crazy um, when they were sitting at 2-5. and five. But here they are, Jonathan, 4-1 and one in their last five games. What are you seeing from New England? Look, Chad, I'll be honest with you. Okay. I don't see anything special, right? Yeah, absolutely. If, if, if the Patriots hadn't done what they have done in the last 20 years under Bill Belichick, yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is just some crappy team. This is a pretender, right? Six and six, trying to make themselves relevant in December. But, like, yep. let's be honest, they suck. Uh, I mean, they, they have the classic profile of a pretender. Exactly like what you said. Just everything you just ran down. But it's this, this notion that... Bill Belichick, we keep trying to push Bill Belichick away. Yeah. And, and but they just, they're, they're, they're not out of it. They're yep. not going away. Yeah, and, we keep we keep trying to pronounce them dead before, while they're still living. And, yeah, and, and every time you pronounce them dead, you kind of feel a pulse or you hear them breathing. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it's annoying. And it's, it's, and I know that. I kind of sold you on the on the Bill Belichick fear, and no, I misguided misguided you uh, on the Texans game. I but won't blame you. I'm not blaming you for that one. I'm not blaming okay. you. But they're 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 four and one in their last five. They yeah. destroyed. They went to LA and destroyed the, the 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 Chargers. I get it. You told me before we started recording the the Chargers seems like they're quitting on Anthony Lynn. Um, he compared the, their situation to Pearl Harbor, which is really weird today. <laughs> I was um, going to say that's very <laughs> yeah, ill-timed. Very ill-timed. Uh, but did, hear me out. Yeah, I got you. They have a huge game tomorrow. They stayed in L.A., right? They, they didn't go back home. They stayed in L.A. They got a huge game tomorrow, Thursday night against the Rams. Absolutely, yep. This is the same quarterback that Bill Belichick's scheme was able to hold to three points in a Super Bowl in Jared Goff. Yes, it and is. B- B- Brian Flores used the same scheme to to literally look like like make Jared Goff look like a little fool against the Dolphins. And yeah. It's the same scheme that, that Bill is going to run. Maybe not the same talent, the same scheme. Yes. Let's say they win this game, right? They're going to mm-hmm. be at seven and six. Miami... Yep. It's probably going to lose to Kansas City this weekend. They're going to be 8-5. and five. The following weekend, the Patriots come to Miami, and you know what? At 8-5, <laughs> Miami yeah. Dolphins against a 7-6 Patriots, hungry. And Bill Belichick has never lost a start to a rookie quarterback yeah. with Tua Tonga Valoa starting. They pulled that game off. They're sitting at 8-6. and six. Yeah. And going home for the final two games of the season against Buffalo and the Jets. Now I know Buffalo is a tough game. Yes, I know I, they are. Yeah. They, what 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 they showed me yesterday or on Monday night? Scary. J- very, uh, Josh very. Allen yes. looks amazing. Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, like those guys look legit. I mean, Stephon a, Stephon Diggs looked like the best receiver in the NFL this past week. His route running, it's like amazing, right? Like what he does with his feet, getting on guys a good, off balance on a good defense. I know they're on missing people, defense. but on a good no, defense. You, no, I one hundred percent. I'm not taking anything away from what Buffalo did. Yep. But going to New England in December. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Jets. Then the New Orleans stays at home for the Jets. So, I'm, yeah, I don't know. It's. It, 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 I know it's like very low probability. But right. Just hear me out. Just no, hear me. And, that's and, all and, I ask people to and, do. And that's the thing is, I don't think it's a scenario where you can, you know, you definitely can't rule it out from happening. Right. It's always the. I forget what TV show it is, but it was like. Um, you know, one of the characters you saw always say, so there's a 1% chance, so there's not a 0% chance of it happening, right? And that's exactly right. How, how we feel about New England. It's just, and you know, you, 
we've we've done New England already, so we kind of know you know where we stand with them. But it's like, you know, at one point we had pronounced them. I think it was funny because the last time we talked about them, we pronounced them dead, right? <laughs> yeah. I think it was right. I think it was right. Um, right after that Houston game. Yeah. We said we said all right, pack it up, sweep it up, like it's over. Patriots, the dynasty has officially fallen. And I mean, honestly, I think even if they make the playoffs, the dynasty has fallen. They're moving into a different a different stage of it anyway. Um, but yeah, they're, like you said, they, they refused to go away. Um, came back from that Texans loss, a horrible loss. Beat two really, or beat one really good team in the Arizona Cardinals and then destroyed San Diego. I don't care who you're playing against. If you beat a team 45-0, to zero, like that's going to raise some eyebrows no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. I know they got a couple special teams touchdowns, and uh, but the running game was still looking good. You know what yes. I'm saying? The, the running, and that's the part that I think they've changed up in the second part of this year. You know, on this five game streak, I guess technically four wins, one loss, um, that they've been in is they've completely committed 100 percent to the running game. They're taking the ball out of out of Spam Newton's hands. Um, <laughs> but, but, Putting it in the belly of my fantasy running back, Damian Harris. Shout out to yep. him. I appreciate him. Uh, Sony Michelle getting work in there as well. And then Cam, the one thing that he's still kind of good at is being able to move the chains and, and beat you a little bit from time to time with his legs. And, and they're running him at this point in the season. They're running him at a rate that's higher than he's ever been used running the football in his entire career. Um, you know, four, five, six games this year already with 10-plus with carries. Um, for a guy who's 31 years old coming off surgery is not sustainable, but they don't need it to be sustainable. They recognize that I think Cam Newton is a one-year type of guy. So they're, they're going to run yeah. him into the So they're going to run him into the ground as much as possible. Um, or would do whatever that's it takes exactly, for them to win. That's exactly what's going to happen Cam Newton after this season. Whatever yeah, just happened over yeah, there. Yeah, I just I got my cord <laughs> tangled up and dropped my mic. Yeah, exactly. Cam Newton's going to come crashing down. But if he can stay together for the next four weeks, then it I, it's hard to rule New England out considering the way that they've been playing over the past five games. Yeah, and, and, and that's what scares me, Chad. It's like this is a coaching staff, a team that that's used to playing good football in December. Now, even though they kind of struggled last year, but overall in the span of 20 years, right? I, I'm looking at the at the total body of work, not just yeah. 2020. Even though people are probably like, hey, you should look at 2020. But you got to give that experience some sort of credit, right? And, and and that's all I'm saying that don't just don't count them out. I I I I I've been dismissed outright when bringing the Patriots up into the playoff conversation. Yeah. But and, probably and, by and, me by me. I'll go ahead and claim it you. by me. N- not only you, Chad. There there the hey shout out D Green laughs calls me dumb. <laughs> uh because we also we also have a bet on this, right? Whether the Patriots are gonna make the playoffs. Like we made this back back in March and I said yes they are gonna make the playoffs. And you know I always already I, I, I always felt like paying him the money already. But you know why I don't? Because they keep, the Patriots keep doing this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. They're like, um, they're they're like, yeah, they're the team that just keep going away. Like we said, they're the scratch on your back that you literally just can't reach, and is always there, is always going to be around, getting in the mix, kind of frisky. Um, but I, I think in these last four games, they need to be more than frisky, you know, to come out four and zero. Because I think the only way, you know, we were kind of debating before we started recording, you know, what's going to be that seventh seed. I, I think ten and six to me. Is gonna be that that um the bar- is gonna be that uh that breaking point for the wild card. I think you have to win ten games um to get that seventh seed in the AFC, and the Patriots would have to go four and zero in these last four. Uh, Rams, like we said, Thursday night. You know, you you already laid out how how that could go, right? You laid out the Jared Goff struggle. You know, they've kind of figured out, or that defensive strategy has figured out Goff. Um. You know the Dolphins game. Yeah. Um, Super then, Bowl. Yeah, yeah, and then the Bills and Patriots, or I'm sorry, the Bills and the Jets games as well. It just is hard for me to see them going four and zero in those games. Because the thing is, then that'll take them to that'll take them to eight and one in the second half of the year. And I'm sorry, like that can be the best coach team in the NFL, but it's hard to go eight and one without real talent at the positions that you need talent. 
Okay, and eight and one will put them at ten and six for the season, right, Chad? Yes, it will. But how about if they go seven and two? And go nine and seven? Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. To me, to me, nine and seven just doesn't get it done. I mean, we're looking at the AFC wild card standings right now. Cleveland is the fifth seed in, in the AFC at nine and three. They're pretty much locked in, I would say. Mm-hmm. Although you can never really rule Cleveland out from you know the a Cleveland debacle. No, um, that okay. But I but no, but I'm saying I still think they're good. I think they're going to get in and continue to play the way they've been playing. I've actually kind of liked what they've done over the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami at eight and four, yep. you know that that that's your boys. You know we kind of we kind of ruled out or talked about you know that that Patriots Dolphins game is going to be a de facto you know playing game for a wild card possibly, right? Yep. And Indianapolis is sitting at eight and four right now. I think that they're just a good team. I, I, I don't see them going one and three down the stretch. Um and then Vegas at seven and five. I don't know, man. Vegas Vegas could even sneak into a ten and six or maybe a nine and seven. So it would it would take a lot from New England, I'll say, for them well, to we ju- also we gotta remember that these teams keep playing each other, right? Like the Colts play true. the Raiders, right? So they're gonna yep. knock them out. So the, the the Dolphins play the Raiders as well, right? Yeah. But the Patriots also play the, the Dolphins, and that's a game that's really terrifying me. Now, yeah. to me, it, there's two games here. There are three games for the Patriots, right? The main one, of course, is tomorrow. Yes. They need to win tomorrow. Like, tomorrow makes them a scary team if yeah. they win that game. Yeah, if they lose it tomorrow, then, you know, I'm not going to say it's over, but it, <laughs> it's effectively over. Yeah, it, it, I, I will give you that because, you know, it's – there is a different mentality, in my opinion, going into a game seven and six is as opposed to six and seven. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that's all I'm saying. It's all about tomorrow. Now, let me ask you a question, Chad. Yep. Shoot. If they go seven and six, if they win tomorrow, mm-hmm. do you do you see them differently going against the Buffalo Bills, um, at home in a couple of weeks after that, like three weeks? I just. I- you you laid out already how I feel about Buffalo. I mean, I just I really think Buffalo is a really 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 good football team. If it were last year, then I would say, or if it were the same team but this just last year's Josh Allen, then I would say, yeah, I have some concerns. But this year, man, he is he's been a lights out quarterback. I'd say for the better part of the entire season, and he's got them at nine. Like they're nine and three for a reason, and they're a team that's not going to beat themselves ninety percent of the time. So I back them that, you know, the 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 Patriots are going to have to actively go out and beat Buffalo. Buffalo's not going to just beat themselves. Which right. is where I which is where I find concern for the Patriots. Cuz 90 okay. not not 90%, but a lot of their wins, it can just come down to Belichick out exing and owing a coach and the Patriots just being more disciplined and making the right discipline play at the right time. And I don't feel that way about Buffalo. I feel like Buffalo is right on par with the discipline. I don't think McDermott and those guys are the same X's and O's as Belichick and McDaniels. Um, very few in the history of the game are. But I think the talent gap between the teams uh, is what's going to be the difference in something like that. So this is where I give the, the Patriots a chance, right? Yeah, I'm the, listening. The Buffalo Bills have really good receivers, right? Right. Yeah, they do. They do. But the Patriots also have a great secondary. Yes, they do. By JC, strength of their defense. JC, JC Jackson, seven interception, uh, interceptions this year. Stephon Gilmore, um, you know, uh, the McCourty brothers. That That's a good matchup. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The, Bills, the Bills are not the most stout on the offensive line and, and, and the running game. Mm-hmm. And the and the so, but the neither are the Patriots, right? Like they're on yeah. on, the, on the on the front seven on the defensive side. Yeah. So that's kind of an even matchup. Now the X factor to me in that game, it's going to be built, uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, his his decision making mm-hmm. is really and his, you know, we talked about it. I don't even think we were recording when we talked about it, but yeah, it, it's like five throws a game that you have to make. You know, as a quarterback, where where it's like, wow, like this guy, you know, this, this, this these are good NFL professional throws. Like, not every guy is making these throws, and I think Josh Allen can make those this year. 
Last he year, it's more than just five. He makes I was going to say he, he's he's making their games. He's making ten, twelve of those throws. I mean, what was the uh, what was the game a couple weeks ago where I was? I don't even remember which game it was. Oh, in the Seattle game, I know Seattle secondary is is atrocious and terrible, yeah. but man, anytime you can light a team up for four hundred yards, and a lot of those throws he was making were just tough. Yeah. Over, hitting guys over the middle, yeah. pressure somehow getting to him. You know he's finding guys, and to me it's just that or um, Josh Allen has just to me taken his game to another level, and that takes my confidence in Buffalo to another level. Okay, and so we'll we'll see. That's all I'm saying. We'll see. Tomorrow's game is going to be huge. Uh, do Do you have anything to say about the Patriots? Uh. Yeah, my my feelings about them, and I know this is such a cop-out answer because, you know, their whole season kind of relies on what happens tomorrow. But if they win tomorrow, then, you know, then they're really in it. Outside of that, you know, I, I like I said, I can't I can't rule Belichick. <clears throat> can't rule Belichick out as much as I want to. Yeah, man, the hoodie, the hoodie is coming. I know the cutoff sleeves. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> well, since we're done with the Patriots, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a team that's kind of on the, on the opposite end, right? The Patriots yeah. are four and one in their last five. Yes. This team is one and four in their last five. Uh, this is the Arizona Bare, Cardinals. Barely, barely the one win, right? Barely the one win. The, the Arizona Cardinals at six and six. Their only win is against the Buffalo Bills on that crazy hail mary. Yeah, uh, you know, from from um, Kyler to DeAndre Hopkins. If they don't have a miracle. The, looking at 0 and 5 and looking at a 5 and 7 record uh Chad t- tough game this Sunday at New York Giants the tied for first place New York Giants I was going to say it's not a it's not a walkover by any stretch of the imagination especially with the way that defense has been playing all year for the for New York you can say Go, what you going to Seattle going yeah, to Seattle and doing exactly. that Exactly I know I know you can say what you want about the offense um, you know, I, I saw, <laughs> I was joking with a, uh, with, um, a Giants fan who I saw him post on social media, like the keys to the, to the game against Seattle Okay. and their number one key was getting Wayne Gallman involved. And I commented and I just said, if getting Wayne Gallman involved is, is your number one key to a game, then you have no chance in hell. And <laughs> And hey, man, that's why that's why they play the game, right? As the, as yep. they always say, because New York just walked in and just was not afraid, just smacked them right, smacked Seattle in the mouth on defense. Yes, they um, did, and made just enough plays offensively um, to muster up those seventeen points that they needed. And I'll give I'll give um, I'll give Gallman credit because he had an amazing game in that one, hundred thirty five yards. I mean, he was he was running all over the place. I know Seattle's defense is is bad and. We talk about it every week almost, but, you know, still, he, he he was a huge factor for them in that game. And then Alfred Morris, who I didn't even know was still in the NFL, scored two touchdowns. So, shout out to him. Shout out to the shout out to the owl. Hoot, hoot. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 man, swinging this back to Arizona, like, they just, they haven't been able to get their passing game going over the past handful of weeks, you know, you look at Kyler Murray under 200 yards, 200. This, this is an air raid type of offense under 200 yards in each of the last two games and was barely over 50% against the Rams completion percentage. So I just, to me, to me, that's the issue is they just, they need to continue to get that, that passing game going. And then cause, cause for them, they don't, they're not going to put the running game really where it needs to be as a priority when the passing game isn't working. They don't have that offensive line, right? I, yeah, in my exactly. opinion, they, exactly. they, they, I, and I think that was one of the biggest question marks coming into the season. It, it, it was like, okay, what kind of offensive line you have? Nobody was believing it. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of the the, the the offensive line shortcomings is kind of masked by DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and, and Kyler Murray, right? Where, where they're slinging the ball left and right. Uh I also think that their schedule got a little bit tougher, right? In, in these last stretch, like in the beginning of the season, they 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 beat beat up on a, on, on a bad Washington team at the time. Uh, yeah. you know uh, the Jets, right? The Cowboys, um, 
yeah, you know. And, and, and then they started playing some tougher teams, right? The Dolphins, uh, the, the, the Bills, which they won, but it was barely. The, the Seahawks, again, hard to beat the same team in your division twice. Um, yes, it is. We had to go to New England. You know, Bill Belichick is going to give you a, 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 a tough, you know, disciplined football game. And, 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 of course, Sean McVay and the Rams, you know, just like they, they show who they truly are in this past game. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not going to get necessarily tougher going down the road. Like, they play the Eagles at home. But, man, I I, I, I don't know. I, 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 if you ask me, Jonathan, what do you think is happening? Like, I, I don't know. They and, shouldn't and the, be doing this. And the thing is, now they've played themselves into a situation where they're actually having to fight for that wild card spot. Like, now all of a sudden, teams are in, the, are in it for that seventh seed. Uh, Arizona's sitting at six and six. Minnesota is the seventh seed right now. They own the tiebreaker over them um, based off what win percentage against common opponents. Um, so, obviously, that can change week in and week out. But, man, Minnesota somehow is creeping up. I thought Minnesota was set for dead after that Dallas loss, but they're fighting back in it. Uh, somehow, Chicago is – I mean, I don't think they're really in it. But at the same time, like, Chicago is only a game behind them. And, and like you said, Arizona, they got a couple tough ones. You know, that 49ers, I'll tell you what, if you're having problems throwing the ball against Seattle, you're going to have some problems throwing it against San Francisco. I can promise yep. you that. You're yep. going to have problems throwing it against them. And like we said, if that running game is still not really something you're reliant and, and I think we're kind of selling it a little short. I mean, Kenyon Drake is eighth in the league in rushing, and then Kyler's doing his thing. But Kyler's more of an off-schedule, you know, not really designed with the run. His is just... Because the line is so bad, he can just go get eight yards anytime he wants. Right. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it just – this was a team who four weeks ago I was thinking – you know, we were thinking, are they really – are they a real contender in the NFC? And now, you know, it's looking like they might not even make the playoffs. So. Yeah, and, and that's that's a huge shift, right? You know? Yes. It, yeah. it, you know, from the beginning of the year to now where – this this Giants game is super hard, and the, the Eagles game, um, I think that's the only like clear cut kind of win that I feel comfortable saying like, oh, they can win this game. Absolutely, because uh, the San Francisco and then finishing the season off against the Rams, man, yeah. they they could be looking at se a, a seven and nine season, probably yeah. eight and eight. And then and then at that point it starts to you know I'm not gonna say obviously like. What they've accomplished this year has been has been good because I don't even think anyone was gonna anyone thought they were gonna be you know as good as they are. Well, I, I lied. There was a lot of smoke blown about them coming into the season, but I would say when Kingsbury first got hired, if you would have said, "Hey, two years from now we're gonna be contending for a playoff spot," I don't think anyone would really you know be backing them at that point. But you know, then it starts to come in like, oh, can you really win with the air raid? You know, can the air raid work for sixteen weeks? You know, and, and then they start. They, all of a sudden, that spotlight gets brighter and brighter on Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Yeah, uh, it, it, you know, I, I think they kind of kind of snuck up on some people in the beginning of this year. Yeah. Um, but te teams catch up, right? The NFL catches up. Absolutely. So absolutely. Maybe I, I can kind of say that there's there's a little bit of that going there, and and and, and teams, you know, and we kind of seen that throughout the NFL. There are some teams that necessarily were not playing very well in the beginning of the season. It just they got their 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 feet under them. Absolutely, um, and, absolutely. And, and, and that and Arizona might have benefited from those teams not getting their legs at that time, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and now these you no know, teams are showing up. You know, there was Minnesota as a clear example. One of those teams, right? Absolutely. One Absolutely. four. Yeah. And so we'll see, man. I, I, I um, I'll be honest. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sold on the Cardinals yet. I, 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 I maybe you I'm would... switching. I, I don't know. I, I was <laughs> never really so. I, I guess I was really sold on them a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, and now I'm like, wow. <laughs> all right so to wrap up this segment jonathan i just have one simple question and i just need a one word answer from you do the cardinals make the playoffs no okay i say yes i still say yes i don't know i don't know why maybe i'm just tricked by the magic man kyler murray but um 
you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm giving you my upset of the week, and I'm not even sure if it's an upset. Oh, what, the you, Giants are going to go in and beat them? Yep. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. That, that you know, you even just said, is that really even an upset? The well, Giants are on 5-7, and seven, you know? They're, they're, Arizona's favored by two. They got to go to New York. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. Tough defense, right? Like, you want, you want to talk about throwing the ball? The Giants don't like people throwing the ball. Yeah, they don't exactly. let people throw the ball. Exactly. They got a nice little pass rush. And if Arizona plays some soft defense, it's not going to look too good for them. Yeah, and they're forecasting pretty decent rain for that game right now. Uh, obviously, it could change, you know, between now and then. But if that's the case, you know, just pile up on how hard it's going to be for them to establish that passing game. No um, doubt. With that being said, Jonathan, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for this episode. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we head off for this one? Please, let's watch tomorrow's game. Yes. And guys, keep keep you know, uh, you know contacting us on, on Twitter, email. Uh, you know, We'll definitely want to talk about this game and any other games that you guys want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, guys, with that being said... Um, we enjoy you guys, and we will see you guys again in a couple of days. Ciao.